Thank you for today, and you're a good God, and thank you for this time of worship and fun and laughter. And um, Lord, I just ask you to bless our, our time in your word today, that you would just um, speak to us in such a special way through your word. Lord, I pray that we would see things clearly today in your scriptures. That, Lord, you would cast out every distraction and every lie from the enemy. And that after this service, we would see God get the glory. So, Lord, we ask you to come against evil. Come against Satan. Come against all forms of sin. And that, Lord, be glorified. That you will cause us to have the victory today. So be more than amazing today in your message. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And together we say, amen. amen. Can you give God just one more praise? Amen. amen. I'm going to ask you to turn your Bibles to the book of Joshua, uh, chapter 10. If you have your Bible, it's kind of all the way in the beginning. I'll help you out a little bit. You're going to pass um, the first book, which is Genesis, Exodus. Um, you're going to pass Leviticus, and then you're going to pass Deuteronomy. So it's about the sixth book. Um, of the Bible, okay? If you could just do that for me. And then go to chapter 10 with me. And once, once you're there, can you give me an amen just to make sure that we're all there? Um, I'm going to share a message with you that God just put in my heart. And I wanted to share it last week, but God um, took us a different route. And, and we're still going to talk a little bit about evil and stuff. And then next week, we're probably we're going to talk a little bit about um, relationships. The week after that, we'll probably talk about disciplines in our life. That's going to be an awesome one, by the way, um, just disciplines, because some of us um, need to evaluate some of those spiritual disciplines in our lives and kind of see how we're doing in them. That's going to be such an awesome. So that's probably like in about, um, like in about two weeks. It, it's going to be tremendous. You know, you've ever been to a church and you hear, you hear a pastor um, preaching and you hear him talking about like, um, you know, we're fasting as a church. You're like, well, what is a fast and how should I fast? Or I'm praying and we're praying. Or, what do you mean? How many times should we pray? And you know, all these crazy questions. Um, you got to read your word. How do you read it? And um, other spiritual disciplines that we're going to talk about that I know is going to bless your life like in about two weeks. So, so don't miss that um, sermon as well. You know, it's, it's, it's hard because once you miss one, you kind of feel left out like we shared last week. Amen. Uh, John Joshua uh, chapter 10, if you're with me. If you could turn to verse uh, 1. We're just going to start reading. And um, from there, we're going we're gonna to jump into today's message, into the title of today's message. But I don't, most of you know it because you receive our text messages. If you don't, um, text us at 41411 and the subject line NLM North. And you can receive all our text messages. We bother you. We ask you to bring food on something. No, I'm just playing. But um, in, in Joshua chapter 10, let, let's, let's, let's talk about this. This is Joshua. Uh, Joshua is the successor of who? I think George knows this answer. Who was Joshua's uh, a mentor? Who, who was he um, under? Moses. Good, Moses, okay? And as Joshua, Moses dies now, and I need you guys to follow along with me, Joshua takes over now, takes over. And as Joshua takes over, he now needs to lead millions of people called the children of Israel to a place that God promised Moses and the children. Does anyone know what that place is called? The promised land, okay, the promised land, okay? Milk and honey, a lot of symbolism there. It really, there was not real milk there. There was not real honey there. Okay, that means there would have been a lot of bees there and a lot of bears. Okay, but, but what happens was there were one, there, maybe there weren't that many bees and bears, but there were a lot of what? Come on, Bible readers, you. Plants. That's a good one, Betsy. You can tell she's a woman. Plants. There was a lot of plants. But what else? Men? There was a lot of what there that needed to be defeated? 
giants, big old giants called Nephilims. They needed to get defeated. And Joshua and some of the other spies went in there. And when they came out, I'm just giving you a history. They run to Moses and said, hey, we saw the promised land, Mo. And Moses says, good, how does it look? It looks awesome, just like God said. Milk and honey and, and beautiful plants. Like Betsy says, Lord, I mean Moses. And he goes, really? So we could go? He goes, uh, there's one problem, Moses. What's the problem? There's giants. All right, we'll take them out. No, 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 no. There's giants. Like, what do you mean? I'm talking about like eight feet. Monsters. Six-pack. Biceps. I mean, you should see these guys. They're giants. The children of Israel and the leaders start to get worried. and say, well, we can't go. We're going to die over there. We're gonna, we can't do it. And, and Joshua was one out of two that stood up and said, don't tell me that we can't go. We're going to go over there, and we're going to beat the heck out of those giants, and we're going to show them who our God is. Everyone else was scared, but not Joshua. Joshua says, take me. Send me. I'll take care of this. Now, now what's awesome about this is I think God saw that and honored that and blessed them, and Joshua eventually becomes the leader of the children of Israel. And in his leadership, he needs to go to battle with these giants, not plants, but giants, giants, <laughs> giants. And as he has to go to battle with these giants, guess what he does? He stands before one city called Jericho, which had some massive giant walls. We all know the story, right? And the walls of Jericho came what? Tumbling down by a shout, by a scream, by a yell. Ali sang the song by a trumpet, baby. And then he goes to another city where some other good warriors were found there. And it was the city of Ai. Ai, literally, that's how you spell it, Ai. And that's how you say it. And when they went to Ai, guess what happened there? Guess what happened to the armies and to the people of Ai? They all got what? Yeah, defeated and beat down. They were victorious. We're going to follow along with the story now in chapter 10. So what's happening with the children of Israel is they're very victorious. God is prospering them. Very important in today's message. God is blessing them. And God is using them to do great things. Now, now let's, let's do this. Ready? Let's have fun today. We're going to have fun today. Amen. Verse 1 starts off, and it says, Now it came to pass, and, and, and just forgive me with these names, Adon, Adonai Zedek. Adonai Zedek. Crazy names, okay? He was the king of Jerusalem, different than Israel at this time. They, they were divided. They weren't together. Jerusalem and Israel, they weren't together yet. Watch this. He was the king of Jerusalem, and he heard, he heard about how Joshua, what he did to Jericho and to Jericho's king. Are, are you guys reading that with me? Say yes if you are. Okay, good. So he had done, and he, and he heard also what he had done to what? To what, church? Good, you're listening. Ai. And to Ai's king. And how the inhabitants of Gibeon, watch this. I don't even know if that's how you pronounce it, but it's all right. Forget me. They made peace with Israel and were among Israel. So, so here's Joshua. He defeats Jericho. He defeats Ai. And now here's another mighty army in Gibeon. And, and, and now it says that Gibeon sides with Israel. It says, we got no beef. Joshua, we're on your side. And the king of Jerusalem, Adonai Zedek, gets upset. But I don't think necessarily he gets upset. I'll show you why. Look at verse 2. It says that they what? That they feared Greatly. I love that. They're feared greatly. 
I'll never forget the day that I was getting home. It was late. It was like 2 in the morning, and I used to live in efficiency. And as I'm walking through the gate, I open the gate of my, of my door, and there's a little pathway to get to my door of the efficiency I used to live. And as I'm walking, I'm thinking, I'm cool. It's 2 in the morning. I'm kind of exhausted. And when I get to the door, I have two Rottweilers sitting down in front of my door. And I went, oh, my God. And, and I will never forget, I saw the Rottweiler, and I went, oh, 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 and I ran, and they began to chase me. I jumped on my AC unit. I stood on my roof. I climbed up, and they were, ah. And I jumped on top of the roof and I was sitting on my roof at 2 o'clock in the morning with the rot riders looking at me. I'm calling my mom and I said, Mom, 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 call Orlando, who is the owner of the house. Tell him to come outside. I have two rot riders and they're about to chew me up and I'm on top of, what? Where are you? I'm on top of the roof, right on top of your bed, Mom. There's two rot riders. The owner of my house had to come out with, with a big old um, a baseball bat and he had to scare them away. And finally I was able to, come down from the roof, and I ran into my house. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> That's a true story. I'm not making this up. I'll never forget that day. Let me tell you why. Because that was probably the day that I feared greatly in my life. I'm sure there was other days, but trust me, that's top three. Two road riders chasing me down, me climbing the roof, two in the morning, mom, do something now. Imagine, what do I do? Call Orlando. <laughs> Scary day. Verse 2 says, they feared greatly. It was, a, it was a terrifying fear. Let's keep going here. Because Gibeon was a what city, church? It was a great city, and it was a royal city, and it was greater than Ai. Ai got defeated. And it says, and all its men were very mighty. So what happened to the king? He feared greatly. I, I'm going to take some notes with you today. Write this down. Number one, I want you to write this down as we study evil. Here's Israel. That was a loud clap. My goodness. Sorry about that. Here's Israel. <laughs> and, um, sorry. Visitors are like, yo, I'm not coming back to this church. <laughs> Why'd you bring me crazy? All right. Where was I? Here's Israel. That's right. Here's Israel. And they just defeated Ai in Jericho. And they're becoming mighty and prosperous. And... And, and, and Gibeon, who was a mighty warrior, sides with them. And, and this king gets feared in him. And, and there's this fear that rises up. And I want you to write this down in your notes. Because here's evil saying, I'm mad at Israel. They're prospering. They're being blessed. They're doing good things. And, and the enemy, enemy, everyone say enemy. The enemy who is evil looks at, oh, come on, man, I'm about to preach something to you here. Starts looking at Israel's success, and when he begins to see Israel's success, the enemy begins to fear, but not just a normal fear, a two-wall-rider kind of fear. He began to fear greatly. So number one, I want you to write this down. Evil, evil, yes, evil fears you. You don't fear it. Come on, somebody. That's a good spot for an amen. I'm going to do it again. Evil fears you. You don't fear it. Amen. And the people of God say amen. That's the number one point I want to make today. You were never meant to fear rock riders. Yes, fear them. Don't get in the way and say, I don't fear you. Don't do that. They're going to bite you. I just watched Shark Week. Dumb people on Shark Week. Dumb people. You know. Right now, we could die if, if one of these just wants to act. Then get out of the water. But no, 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 we, we, we care about You're a fool. Okay, but let's go back into the message. Number one, evil fears you. You are not to fear evil. Fear it. So, 
I'm excited. Psalm 23, 4, the B part, second part of that verse says this. I will fear no evil. Ready? For you, Lord, are with me. How am I going to fear you if he is with me? It's crazy. I don't know if God was with me that day with the two rot riders. I should have named this message two rot riders and some fear. But maybe I'll change it. We'll see. But, but, but this is amazing. Psalm says, I'll fear no evil. God's with me. Another verse says this in Proverbs. Love Proverbs, book of wisdom. It says, whoever listens to me. Someone say, listen to me. You ever had someone that does not listen to you? Isn't it frustrating? Just what? Just what? Just listen to me already. God, if you would just listen, your life wouldn't be where it's at right now. Anyone ever been there with someone? Whoever listens to me will what? Will dwell safely. That person who listens to me, they'll be secure. And I love the next part. Without fear of evil. I mean, guys, this is a good message right here. The Lord is telling us this. Just listen to me. Listen to me. And if you listen to me, you're going to dwell safely. You're going to be secure. And you're not going to fear evil. But all you got to do is listen to me. You don't fear evil. Come on. Evil, come on, evil fears you. You should be preaching this better than me. Evil fears you. Let's go, get your, get your life right. Evil fears who? You, me. Good, I like that. Proclaim it over yourself. Me. I, I love Acts. You know Acts? You've ever read the story of Acts in chapter 19? Awesome story. The sons of Siva. We did that when we did the whole um, one whole year of Acts, okay? Remember that? <sighs> Okay, that was tough, a whole entire year in the book of Acts. Next chapter this week. All right, Next, Acts 19, the sons of Siva, they, they, they thought they were like something good. You know, they thought they were the next boy band out. You know, I think now there's one called One Direction. All they go like, oh, my God. You've ever seen that group, One Direction? <laughs> Whatever. All right, <laughs> who cares? I know I have young, young family members. I don't listen to that stuff, George. George is looking at me in the face like, you better not be listening to One Direction. I think that's what they're called. But, yeah, right. You never heard of them. You know you jammed to them. All right. <laughs> you never heard of them. Acts 19, these, these One Direction dudes, they thought they were all that. They thought they had something going on. And they said, I could cast out demons too, like the apostles. I could do some great miracles. Watch me. And, and watch this. <laughs> and the evil spirit, they, they start to cast out these demons, right? Oh, in Jesus' name, demons come out. And it says, the evil spirits answered and said, oh, man, this is scary stuff right here. Jesus I know and Paul I know, but who are you? And I'm sure that's a good version because I'm sure no demon talks that proper. I'm sure there were some beep, bleeps, bleep, bleep, bleeps in that, in that, in that but they didn't put that translation. And, and, and Paul I know, uh, but, but who are you? Look at verse 16. Then the man, the man who the evil spirits was, was in them, leaped over them, overpowered them, prevailed against them, prevailed, pre, what? prevailed against them, and they fled out of their house naked and wounded. That's the most embarrassing thing. Almost like me running away from the dogs, but I was not naked. Thank God. But watch this. When evil comes against you and evil dominates your life and you fear evil instead of evil fearing you, we start acting a fool. And next thing you know, we're running away from where God has called us to and we're running naked. Maybe not, forgive me age appropriateness, maybe not butt naked, but maybe spiritually naked. 
and you forgot all the blessings and all the powerful and the great things that God has done for you. And you're running naked from all the promises of God. And God is like, what are you doing? Fear fears you. Evil fears you. You don't fear it. Sons of Siva, they didn't understand the Lord. They weren't connected with the Lord. I'm gonna, if you're writing notes, write that word down, connected, because I'm going to get to that word today. They weren't connected with the Lord. And you'll see what I'm talking about. I've I got to keep going because I'm never going to finish. Verses 3, 4, and 5, let's get there. It says, therefore, uh, Adonai Zedek, king of Jerusalem, come on, listen to this. He sent to another king. I'm not even going to start naming names. And then to another king, and to another king, and to another king, and to another king. Long story short, five kings in total. Okay? Imagine how big that army was. Big or small? Big. Big army. Five kings. Five different armies, pretty big, all against two. One group of people called the children of? Who do you think is going to win? Of course, the bigger army. All right. Verse 4, look what he tells them. He says, hey, hey, guys, come up to me and help me, that we may attack Gibeon, for it has made peace with Joshua, our enemy, and with the children of Israel. Are you guys with me? Yes or no? All right, good. Verse 5, therefore, the five kings, how many kings? Come on, just, this is awesome today. We're following along. And all these other kings, look what it says. They gathered together, and they went up, and all their armies, and they camped before Gibeon, and it made war against it. Made what? War. Yeah, we're talking about war, aren't we? Are we not? Isn't we? For all you other people that don't talk right. All right. Now, now, listen. He says, and they made war against it. Point number two, point number one, first person to read it gets 250 points today. What is point number one? Evil fears you. Yeah, evil, evil fears you. You don't fear evil. Point number two, write this down. When evil sees you accomplishing God's will, write this down, it will wage war against you. It will. How many of you are doing God's will? Just a show of hands really quick. I hope all of you are. If not, we're praying for some of you. Say, man, maybe five of you. Okay, some of you guys are like, am I doing God's will? All right. If you're doing God's will, how many of you have felt oppression, fight, struggle against the enemy? More hands went up than the ones that are in God's will. What just happened there? Weird. Weird church. All right. Weird pastor. Weird church. That's just the way it is. All right. Here we go. And they began to wage war against it. Why? Watch this. Because evil saw George accomplish it. I'm picking on you today. I don't know why. And he saw you accomplish And praise God we have someone here in the service. Amen. Our brother who's with us, we're going to pray for him at the end. And, 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 and he says, look at God's people. Listen, look at God's people accomplishing. And when God's people begin to accomplish and things start going right, the enemy says, well, let's bring them down. Let's wage war. And, but I want you to write this down after point number two. Write this down. But you don't worry. You don't worry. Look at the person next to you. Tap them and say, don't worry. Okay, why don't you worry? Back up here. Okay, okay. Back up here. You don't worry. Because those attacks, watch this, listen, if you want to write this down in your notes, it might be a good idea. Because those attacks from Satan, those attacks from the enemy, those attacks from evil, listen, bring forth your greatest victories and your strongest growth. That's point number two. When the enemy rages war, you say, amen, that's good news. Why? God is going to bring growth and God is going to bring victory one more time. You've ever had someone who's not a Christian come up to you and say, Let's not even get into that today. It's supposed to be a joyful message. All right, never mind. Here we go. So we could look at problems. We could look at Satan. We could look at evil. We could say what? Bring it. 
Bring it problems. Bring it Satan. Because God has a plan for all of this. Watch this. And it's for me to have victory. And it is for me to grow. And watch this. And for you to be reminded that you are defeated. Bring it, Satan, because at the end of all this problem, it's just a reminder to you that you are defeated already. So when Satan thinks he wins by putting Jesus on the cross and then putting him in a rich man's tomb, what he didn't know was that on that third day, the whole world was going to tremble, the whole world was going to shake, and that that tomb was going to open, and that Jesus was going to come out and sit at the right hand of the Father. So when Satan thought he won, it was the realization that God shows him you did not win, you actually just lost. So when you think in your problems and in your times of, am I going to get through this? You look at evil in the face and you say, yes, because this is going to be another example of how you are defeated and he is victorious. That's it, baby. That's it. Point number two, when evil sees you accomplishing God's will, it will rage war, but you don't worry. It brings forth your strongest growth and your greatest victories. And all of God's people say... Amen. 2 Timothy 4.18. Put that thing up. This is amazing. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work. From what? Every. He will preserve me. Keep me. Keep me. For his heavenly kingdom. Amen. Amen. I'm, I'm going. You know, I'm going on a jet plane or something. Don't know when I'll be back again. I don't know, but I know that I'm going. But I know one thing. I'm never coming back again. You know, the, the original song says, and I'll I don't know when I'll be back again. I messed up the song. But my translation is, I'm never coming back. I'm going. Not on a jet plane, but probably on a chariot of fire. And I'm never coming back again. Because he has preserved me a heavenly kingdom. And watch what he says next in Timothy. To him, Paul says, be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's keep reading. Can we keep reading? Are we having fun? Are we learning from Joshua 10? Let's keep going. Verse 6. And the men of Gibeon, remember, there's war against them. You know what's funny? I haven't gotten into my message yet. This always happens to me. And the men of Gibeon sent to Joshua. Uh, and he says, Joshua, don't forsake your servants. Come up to us. Quickly, save us. Everyone underline that word in your Bible. Save us. Help us. For the kings. How many kings were there? Good. For the kings, okay, um, who dwell in the mountains, they've gathered to wage war against us. I added the wage war part. I like it. Sticks to our series. But, but, but come and save us. Joshua, come and help us. Come on. Go to verse 7. So Joshua, everyone say Joshua. I'm going to make a point with that. So Joshua ascended. You know what ascended means? Anyone know what ascended means? Very easy. He, he went up for them. He went, let's change it around. He went up for them. He went for them. He went before them. Right? We could say all those words. But watch this. So Joshua went before them, went up to them, ascended from them. Okay? He and all the people of war. Everyone say war. But mean it like war. Man, you guys are not ready for war. And all the people of war with him and all the mighty men of valor. I love that because that doesn't mean all the armies. That means the best warriors in his army went up with him. Let's get into this. You guys want to jump to point number three? Write this down. Number three. Remember who goes before you. Come on. You, you got you to, gotta, if, if you guys are not, 
Like, if you guys don't chew this throughout the week, you're never going to understand this message. Like, if you think that 45 minutes today is going to get you to understand this message, you're not. You're not, trust me. N- number three. This is good teaching here. Watch this. Remember who goes before you, slash, whatever you want to call it, dash. You'll become more confident. You'll become more confident. Anyone here ever not felt confident? Every Sunday morning, baby. Oh, God. Give me strength to preach your word. Help my foolish lips to speak your holy words. Anyone here not feel confident? Oh, God, help me to counsel someone who's twice my age. Anyone here? Anyone here? I'm a fool for Jesus. But I have to go back over here and remember point number three, which is remember who goes before me. Because if I just remember who goes before me, I'll be confident in who I am. And if you remember, let, let's jump into my notes here. Everyone, go back to verse 6. And, and the men went to Joshua. Everyone say Joshua. Okay, in this verse, I want you to understand this because the Old Testament and the New Testament are so related. They are not separated. Amen? I want you to write this down in your notes. Joshua is what in theology you call this. Ready? A typology. Write that down. It's a theological word that you learn in, in studies. And, and, and it's, it's called typology. Now listen to this. What is he a typology of? Well, you got to look into his name and what his name means. Anyone want to know what Joshua's name means? You'll be floored. What is it? Jehovah saves. Do you want to know who else's name was Jehovah saves? You want to know who else's name was Jehovah saves? Jesus. Hold on. What a coincidence. Joshua in the Old Testament, Jesus in the New Testament had the same name. Jehovah saves. And, and in the Old Testament here, we see something amazing. They tell Joshua, Joshua, our enemies are coming against us. We need you not to forsake us. What does Jesus say? I will never what? Forsake you or leave you. Come on, somebody. And Joshua is being told, come on, don't forsake us. The enemies are encamped around us ready to make war. We need what? And, and the word uh, in, in Joshua 10 says, we need you to come up. And save us and help us. Does it ring a bell of anyone? Joshua is a typology here. And the typology is him of Jesus. What Joshua is in the Old Testament is what Jesus is in the New Testament. Come on, someone, listen to me. That word Joshua is, you guys know what it means? You know what it is in the Hebrew? Yeshua. And that same name, Yeshua, is the one that when Jesus was walking down the street, the blind beggar was in the corner, and he said, Son of David. He never said Jesus. Yeshua, Yeshua, have mercy on me. Yeshua means Jehovah saves. And in the Old Testament, The army comes up to their leader, Joshua, and says, Jehovah saves. We need help, and we need you to save us. You can almost picture Joshua. Cool. That's my name. I save you. And Joshua, it says there, ascended to Giga. He went before them. I I love this. Let's jump into Jeremiah really quick before I continue to preach off this. Jeremiah 1, 18 and 19 says this. If you're taking notes, write it down. Jeremiah 1, verse 18 and 19. No? I'll read it. It says, and I behold, I make you this day 
a fortified city, iron pillar, bronze walls against the whole land. Listen. Against the, against the kings, against officials and priests, against the people of the land. Listen to verse 19. They will fight against you, but they shall not prevail against you, for I am with you always, declares the Lord. Can I share another verse? New Testament, just to prove it to you. Go to Acts, verse 18 with me. And the Lord said to Paul in verse 9, one night in a vision. Everyone say this next part with me. Do not be afraid. Why, Jesus? Look what Jesus says next. But go speak. Do not be silent. Verse 10. Verse 10. For I am with you and no one will attack you to harm you. You know what happened to Paul after that? He stayed for another year and a half in Corinth and did God's work. Why? Because Jesus gave me a word. I'm with you. I'm with you. And he said, all I got to know is who goes before me and I'm confident to continue to do God's work. This is so amazing because point number three is very clear. Remember who goes before you and you'll be more confident. I'm not telling you that Joshua goes before you. But Joshua is a typology of he that is Jesus Christ, your Lord, your Messiah. And Jesus Christ fights your battles for you. And he fought it on Calvary. And he fights it today. You guys remember when Daniel was praying and praying and praying? And the angel comes to Daniel. And he says, Daniel, I'm so sorry I took long. But I was fighting on your behalf. That's some crazy stuff. You know what that just means? I heard your prayers. The Lord heard them. He sent me to fight for your prayers. And I got here a little late because I was having a little trouble to beat down some of those demons but I'm here. What's up? What's up? Like I like to say, better late than never. But when you study Daniel, you realize he was not late. He was just on time. Now, now what, I, what I want to tell you is this, is know who goes before you. Because if you know who goes before you, you're going to be confident in the war that you are engaged in. If enemies are encamping around me, bring it on. Because someone who is mightier than them goes before me. You think you're going to war against me, but what you don't understand is you're actually waging war on Jesus. The Bible says to be very careful what you do with one of my children. Come on. You know what that means? God has your back. Be careful when you speak bad against a man of God. Yeah? You never read those scriptures? God has your back. And remember who goes before you, and you'll be more confident in this walk, in this life. Don't be afraid. Church, there is a promise don't be afraid. Don't be silent. Keep speaking. He tells Paul, I am with you. No evil will harm you or attack you. Amen to point number three. Let, let's keep going here. Let's keep going. And then in verse eight says, and the Lord said to Joshua, here it is, do not fear for I have delivered them into your hand and not a man shall stand before you. That is the definition of salvation. Don't fear. I've delivered. No harm. No harm. He's telling the man, Joshua, whose name means salvation, the definition of his name in that sentence. And the definition is in verse 8. Do not fear. I've already delivered. Do not fear. I've already delivered. No one will stand before you. Joshua, I just gave you the definition of your name, salvation. Now act like it. Wow. If we just knew who goes before us, we'll be more confident in this war that we're in. You guys are struggling? Bring it. Jesus goes before me. Amen. Joshua therefore came up and suddenly having marched all night and the Lord rooted them before Israel. Um, 
he killed them with a great slaughter. Guess what he did to the enemies? He killed them with a great slaughter. Love it, love it. All right, here we go. And he chased them along the road that goes on and on, the five kings. And it happened that as they fled from Israel, and um, long story short, ready? They went into this cave, the five kings, left into a cave. And then Joshua, um, they were at war, and, and he spoke to the Lord in the day when the Lord delivered, verse 12, up the enemies. And he said in the sight of Israel, sun, stand still. That's a whole other preaching for a whole other day. And the sun stood still. It did not become dark. There was daytime, so they could always see who they were going to fight against, and they could have the final victory. Till the people had revenge upon their enemies. And then it says, is it not written in the book of Jasher? So the sun stood still in the midst of heaven. I'm going to verse 14. And did not hasten to go down about the whole day. Look at verse 14. And there has been no day like that before it or after it that the Lord heeded, in other words, heard the voice of one man and the Lord fought for Israel. Point number four. Write this down. Ready? One man begins to cry, Lord, 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 we need help. And the Lord says, chill. I'm going to make the sun stand still. Sounds good to me. You've ever made the sun stand still? So begin to worship the one that has. Okay? Begin. You've ever formed a child? Uh, uh, you know, I'm going to talk a lot about pregnancy now. You've ever formed a child inside the womb? No, you just, it just happened. So begin to serve the one that has. Watch this. Verse 14. And he heard the voice of one man, and he fought for that one man's plea. Point number four. Write this down. Crowds don't make you more powerful. This is a good point, man. This is probably the best point here. Crowds don't make you more powerful. Watch this. A genuine cry makes you more powerful. A genuine cry makes you more powerful. What's my point? Ready? Here's my point. You don't need voices for the Lord to hear you. You just need one voice and one cry. So my plea to the church is this. Ready? Get your cry back. Get your cry back. And cry out to the Lord. And say, Lord, I'm in war. And there's evil around me. And my children and my family and my marriage and my friends and my job and my boss and these people and them people in this situation and that situation. Lord, I need a miracle. There is war around me. And God says, good, all I need is a cry. Get your cry back. And the Bible is very clear on what happens. I'm going to read a scripture, Psalm 18.6 awesome scripture as the psalmist says this he says in my distress if you're taking notes psalm 18 6 in my distress i called upon the lord and to my god i cried for help watch this from his temple he heard my voice and my cry to him reaches his ears awesome scripture memorize that scripture study that scripture the psalmist says i was distressed but i cried out to god and he heard my voice it reached his ears. You serve a God that listens to your cry. Get your cry back. Get your cry back. I'm not saying a cry, oh God, if you need to do it. I'm not saying to be a crybaby before God. But get your cry back for God. Get your yell back for God. Verse 14 is very clear. God listens to the voice of one man and he fights for his behalf. Listen to what I'm about to tell you. This is proof that one person can gain God's attention in prayer. One person can gain God's attention in prayer. The five kings now go hide in their caves, and something amazing happens. I'm going to skip some verses. Joshua says, and now I'm going to end off and get to my main point. Joshua says, we're not done. We just defeated all the armies, but there's five kings. Bring them out to me. 
But we can't. They're hidden in a cave. We'll go get them out of the cave. Bring them out. Go to verse 24 with me. So the army of Joshua goes into the caves. They chain up the five kings and they bring the five to Joshua. And look at verse 24. So it was when they brought up kings to Joshua that Joshua called out for all the men of Israel to the captains. And look what he said to them. Come near. Put your feet on the necks of these kings. So they drew near. They put their feet under. I was going to get um, someone to do this too, but then I was like, nah, that's not a good idea. I was going to use like a, an example, but I was like, I don't think they'll come back to church. I was going to lay someone down and put my feet on their neck and go, this is what God was saying. But I was like, it's not going to go good with the church. So we're going to skip that whole illustration and we're just going to use the text, okay? Is that good with you guys? Or you guys want a visual? We'll use you, man. <laughs> She's like, use my husband. Use my husband. He deserves it. All right, here we go. Just playing. Just playing. Come near, put your feet on the necks of these kings. Watch this. They drew near, put their feet on their necks. And Joshua said to them, do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. Be strong. Be of good courage. For the Lord will do. Come on, come on, I need you. Come, if you guys don't get this, man. For the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. How many of you are in a war? Come on. You're in a war, what? Are you in a war? Well, the Lord says, don't be afraid. Chill out. Because the Lord will do the same thing to all the enemies and all the evil that you fight. What is he going to do? He's going to put them under your feet. Really? Afterward, Joshua struck them and killed them. That's another typology. It's another example. Joshua applies to the leaders of Israel the assurance that God gave them in the first nine verses. The enemy's already been defeated. Though we've been in a war all along, we didn't know this. But he's already been defeated before we even got into this war. Listen now. This is so amazing because this is what salvation is. Salvation is getting Satan and putting him under your feet. Because he no longer has control over you. Come on, somebody. So point number five is this. When the enemy or when evil rises up, come on, put him back in his place. And his place is under your feet. We sing the song. He's under my feet. He's under my feet. Satan is under my feet. What do you think? We just made that song up? No, point number five. When the enemy rises up, put him back in his place. Can you give God some glory for that? Give God some glory. Amen. Salvation's promise right here over our lives. All we could say is, wow. Salvation's power. Write this down in your notes. Ready? Salvation's power is greater than Satan's power. Salvation's power is better than Satan's power. In Matthew chapter 22, here's the typology of verse 44, Luke 20, 43, Acts 2, 35. It states this. It states that Jesus here in the New Testament quotes Psalm 110 verse 1 and quotes exactly what Joshua is saying here in verse 24. And it says this, ready? 
The Lord said to my Lord, are we there? Matthew, Jesus talking. Sit at my right hand until I put your enemies under your feet. You think the Bible's a lie? The Old Testament and the New Testament come together and they make perfect sense. The Lord says, hey, come up here and let me put the enemy under your feet. You know why that happens? Because Ephesians 2.6 tells us why. And Ephesians 2.6 says this, ready? And he raised us up with Christ Jesus and he seated us with him in heavenly places. I now, listen, you now, we now sit in heavenly high places with Jesus, meaning that we now have the authority because Christ is in us and we reign with him, that we now put Satan and the enemy and evil in his place. And we can look at the enemy in the eyes and say, you might come against me for war. And you might come against me for battle. But what you do not know, that before this war has ever started, you were already placed under my feet. And when Satan looks at you and says, well, how is that possible? Well, you say Ephesians 2.6 says that when Jesus Christ died, was buried, but then resurrected on the third day, he made it possible for a sinner like me to now sit in such a holy place with him that whatever power he gives example to and whatever power he demonstrates, I can now do the same. Which is a remembrance why Jesus says, greater things than me you should do. So the same power that Jesus had, which was to crush the enemy under his feet, you and I now as Christians have the same power to demonstrate to the enemy that he is under our feet. Wow. That is such an awesome message. Because I could go on my daily life that when my child is a mess and my marriage is a mess and my job is a mess and my car is a mess and my house is a mess, that I could say the enemy is under my feet. Bring it. Point number five, when the enemy rises up, put him back in his place. Luke 10, 19, for I've given you the authority, come on, to trample on snakes, to trample on scorpions, and to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. I've given you the authority to put it under your feet. Can we sing that song today? Can we sing that song? I'm pretty much done, but I'm going to preach my message now in the next five minutes. Here it is. Can I do that? So I could really finish. Let me just get Danny really quick up. And then after Danny comes up, Javi will come up, then Ali will come up, and we're going to get ready to rock. But I'm going to preach my message. Ready? Evil's future is defeated. Evil's future, remember last week? Evil's future? It's defeated. Why? Why is it defeated? Why is it defeated? All right. I like that walk. You ever seen how Danny walks? <laughs> yeah, I got the piano. <laughs> I got this today. <laughs> we love him. We love him. <laughs> Evil's future is defeated. Amen? It's under our feet. I'm going to get into my message, and I'm going to close this. I'm going to try to close it in five minutes because I know you guys got to go and you're hungry. But it's not 12 yet. We end at 12 here. Okay? We're very conservative with our time. 12 o'clock is when we end. So I have about five, ten more minutes. Here it is. Can I share you a story of why I preached Joshua 10? I was in high school. 
This is a true story. Here's my message today. I was in high school, and I was, um, at that time, my high school was an open high school. It wasn't a closed-in high school. I, I need you to listen up. And as I was in high school, but at that time, I was by myself. I wasn't with my friends. It just so happened that I was by myself at that moment. This is a true story. And at that time, we had car tr- uh, food trucks. Before food trucks ever existed, there was food trucks in my high school. And there was like a courtyard area open outside, and, and I was by myself. And I remember I was by this fence, and I was by the wall, and I'm not sure what happened. I don't remember. I'm, not, I'm too fuzzy with that, what I was doing, but I'm sure I was going to get my food. At that moment, I had about seven, maybe seven guys. It felt like 20, because if you see the size of these guys, they were all over six feet. They were all huge. Some were huge, but some were huge, okay? They were just big guys. And then um, I'm not the biggest guy on the block, amen? I'm at a 5'7", 150 stance, and I'm pushing 5'7", Fonz, and I just know what to tell you. And these guys just come up to me, about seven of them, and they say, hey, you're Regal? And I'm against the fence, and I said, yeah, I'm, I'm Regal. And then after that revelation of that I'm Regal, literally all hell broke loose. Languages that I can't display today came out of their mouths. And in the form that they said it, you know, they got very slang on me. Well, then, what's up, boy? We're going to do this right here then, dog. And, and I was like, what? <laughs> and I had people just, watch this now, watch this. Everyone just began to encamp around me. And I noticed now, oh, my God. There is someone in every single angle. This is a true story. That's probably my second greatest fear. I'll have to say the route rider was one. But that was right up there with my route rider. You know what went through my head that day in my high school? This is the day that I die. And I say that like, oh, you're such a joke, so you're not going to die. They're probably just going to beat you up. I literally thought, today's the day that I die. I'm going to die today. Because these guys are huge. One punch, they're going to kill me. And I know these guys. I have a reputation. They're going to kill me here. In my high school, they're going to kill me. And I looked at them, and I didn't say a word, because I've learned through many fights that even if you try to please your case, plead your case, as soon as you open your mouth, pop, you're going to get punched. I know that. So I'm very wise when it comes to fighting. So as they were trying me, I did this. And I was just waiting for them to hit me. Any moment now. But I knew that the minute I said, wait a minute, you guys had this confused. It was all because of one girl that I had no idea who she was, lied about something about me to one of them. And I got into this big commotion. And I, and I wanted to say, I don't even know that girl. But I didn't say that because I knew that. As soon as I said, I, they were going to hit me. So I stayed quiet. And they got closer. And they got closer. And it was about to go down. And people started to say it. And the crowds got around us. And I said, I'm dying. And out of nowhere, one of my buddies who was one of their friends as well, stood in the middle of me and the crowd that was around me ready to beat me up. And he said, yo, wait a minute. What are you guys doing? And they said, no, man, this is Regal. This is who so-and-so said. Da-da-da-da. And I just stayed quiet. And my buddy was there saying, no, nah, man, not Regal. He's a cool dude. That's not how Regal is. Trust me, Regal's a friend of mine. Never forget those words. Regal's a friend of mine. And as soon as he said, Regal's a friend of mine, the, literally, the group of guys that were about to beat me up just did one of these. He's a friend of yours? They couldn't believe that I was friends with one of their friends. And they stood back and said, he's one of your friends? And they all, like, the ones behind me got in front of me. And now they start to back away. And one of them said, well, we, it better not be true. We better not hear anything else about you. And I said, you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. 
I'm done. You want me to leave schools? I'll buy you lunch every day, you know? I didn't say that. Relax. I'm a little bit tougher than that. Don't get, don't get confused. I'm skinny and bony, but I'll throw some. All right, here we go. But I'll never forget my buddy, who I'm so cool with today. His sister goes to our South Church, and he stood in the middle and goes, no, 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 man, not Rigo. He's a friend of mine. I'll never forget that day. Those words saved my life. He's a friend of mine. And I said, wow. That's amazing. If you know anything about me, I'm addicted to the, and I'm kind of embarrassed to share this to a church as I'm your pastor, but God is still working in my sanctification. Amen? I like mafia movies. Who cares? Deal with it. Mafia movies, right? Deal with it. I love it. And I'm going to share, teach you something about the mafia. I'm going to share something. Okay? Give me your name again, man. Can I use you for an example? Come, man. Erwin? Erwin, come. Everyone, say what's up to Erwin. Erwin's cool. I'm going to teach you something about the mafia. Can I teach you something about the mafia? Now you, none of you want to leave at 12. He's going to teach us about the mafia. I just met... That was disgusting. <laughs> Look at that, man. I, I just met Irvin. And we become friends. And I'm in the mafia. And this is so amazing. I'm going to teach you something really quick. And I come over here and... George says, I've been picking on him. You can stand up. They're all about George's size. The guys that were going to beat me up, by the way. Maybe a little bit bigger. Evan, you're my friend, bro. Let me behind. <laughs> and I introduce him to George, who's one of my family members, my crime family. And I say, how you doing, George? Hey, George, hey. You know, he's Italian. <laughs> and George looks at me and says, hey, how you doing, Rigo? And he looks at me and says, who's this? And now he gets skeptical because he's never seen my friend Irvin. Listen, listen, come on. I'm going to preach something to you in about five minutes. You've got to listen to this. And now he's skeptical and he's looking at me like, what's going on, man? Is he a cop? Is he undercover? Does he belong to one of the other families? I've never seen this guy before. Who is he, bro? Who is he? And you're about to have problems here. And I say, hey, let me introduce you to someone. This is Irvin. He's a friend of mine. Let me tell you what happens with the mob. True story. Whenever you tell someone else who's connected with the family, he's a friend of mine, automatically, Irvin, automatically. They don't have to do a background check on him. They don't got to do anything on him. Automatically, because I, come on, watch this, watch this, man. Because I vouched for him, and I stood in the gap, and I said, he's a friend of mine. Because I vouched for him, watch this, Irvin now becomes a friend of all of ours. Watch Irving gets connected just because I introduced him as a friend of mine. And because he saw that Irving was a friend of mine, he took a step back. And he said, if he's a friend of Regal's, then he's a friend of mine. And I said, George, you could be his friend because a friend of mine is a friend of yours. And that's how the mafia works. And now Irving gets connected with the crime family. And I'm not hoping up for you to go do crime today. I'm giving you an example. And now Irvin is part of the new life God family. 
I have to justify that, bring it back, holiness. All right. Because he's a friend of mine. Now, in Romans, it says this. You guys could just stay here. We are made right with God by placing our faith in Jesus. Come on. And this is true for everyone who believes. No matter, no matter who we are. Come on, listen. You saw that? That's right. You thought I made all this stuff up. And this is true for everyone who believes, no matter who we are. Even if it's Irvin, an outsider who was never connected. Listen, listen. Verse 23, Romans 3. For everyone has sinned, even him. For we've all fallen short of God's glorious standard. But God, with undeserved kindness, declares that we are righteous. And he did this through Jesus Christ when he freed us from the penalty of our sin. I'm going to preach this to you for a second. This is just like a court trial. You've been put to trial because of a crime that you committed. And the judge is about to give you the penalty of your crime. But then someone stands in the middle. And he looks at the judge. And he says, judge, who is God? Don't pick on Irvin today. Because you didn't know this. Even Irvin. Remember that nasty, dirty laundry we talked about? Even Irvin. Even Irvin. When I died on the cross... He received my sanctification and my righteousness. And now Irvin is a friend of mine. So as Jesus, God, Father, I introduce you to the one who was never able to get to you. Because now I stand in the middle. And what God and man could never do for themselves, well, God could. But man could never do for himself. God wanted to be drawn to sinful man. And now sinful man could be drawn to holy God. And it became possible because one stood in the gap and said, Father, I need to talk to you about Irvin. Don't get confused. He's a friend of mine. And a friend of mine is a friend of yours. And Irvin now begets and it becomes connected. And it becomes like one of us. Because the one in the middle vouched for him just like me. I was about to get beat up, church. They were about to beat me up. I had about seven huge guys around me. And I said, oh my God, I'm going to die right now. But one stood in the middle. He jumped in and said, what's going on here? Not Regal. He's a friend of mine. The minute that he said that, my life was saved. My life in my eyes was transformed. And I was never the same again. And I'm telling you today that Jesus Christ looks at you today. And he looks at the Father. And he stands in the middle. And he vouches on your behalf. And he says, I know you've sinned. And I know you've sucked it up many times. But today, you're a friend of mine. And a friend of mine is a friend of God's. My God. You were about to go to hell. You were about to be destroyed. You were about to perish forever. But one stood in the middle and said, not him. He's a friend of mine. And because Jesus said, you're a friend of his, you now have a new life in Jesus Christ your Lord. You're a friend of his, church. You guys may be seated. Evan, you're an awesome man. And you're a friend of Jesus. Evan, you're a friend of Jesus. Amen? I want him to look at me and say amen. You're a friend of Jesus. Amen. I want you to get this through your head. The Lord has vouched for us. He introduced us to the Father. Joshua. How did you relate this to Joshua? 
The enemy was in camp just like me in high school over 10 years ago. But Joshua stood in the middle between the children of Israel and between the armies against Israel. And he said, hey, do whatever you want, but we're a friend of his. Salvation is on our side. You might come with your arrows and your bows, but we come in the name of the Lord. He's a friend of ours. Come on, church. He's a friend of ours. When Satan and evil has encamped around you, Jesus stood between us and told them, don't touch this one. He's a friend of mine. The friend who stood for you when you should have been killed. The friend who accepted you when no one else would. The friend whose strength to you was strength to you when you were weak. The friend who is present when everyone else is absent. The friend who has never rejected you, backstabbed you, hurt you, or taken advantage of you. He didn't run. He stood there when things got tough. He's the friend who was shamed for you, blamed for you, bled for you, and put himself on the cross for you. He gave you victory when all you knew was defeat. Life when all you knew was death. Joy when all you experienced was pain. You are now accepted by God, feared by the enemy, because you are protected by your friend, the Most High God. My God. He's a friend of mine. Know today that Jesus calls you friend. You know what happens next? He's a friend of mine is one introduction. But you know now there's another saying that the mafia says? Not only do they say he's a friend of mine, listen. There's another saying that's very similar. And the mafia says this. The mafia is just biting stuff from the Bible, by the way. Watch this. He was a friend of mine. But now, whenever they say this, it's a whole different ballgame. Listen, listen. Now, he's a friend of ours. Let me tell you what he's a friend of ours means. A friend of mine means he's cool. Let him slide. He could do some stuff with us. But a friend of ours says now, he's connected. He's a made man. That means now that you, oh man, do you know anything about the mafia? You can't touch a made man. Because if you lay a finger on a made man, you're dead. No one touches a made man. Okay? Unless the one who gives the command tells you you can touch the made man. Can I give you an example? Satan was walking to and fro. And he was looking to see who could he destroy. And he goes to heaven. And he sees God in his throne. And God says, Satan, what are you doing around here? And he says, I'm looking for someone to mess up. And he says, have you ever considered my made man, Job? <laughs> Satan couldn't touch Job. Because Job was a connected man. He was a made man. Listen, Job was a friend of ours. So the only way that Satan was able to touch Job's life was by going to the one that was able to give the command to touch the made man. And I'm here to tell you that you're no longer a friend of his, but you're a friend of them. You are a friend of God the Father and of God the Son and of God the Holy Spirit. The triune God in one. 
that you were once a friend of Jesus, but now you're a friend of ours. You are a made man. How did I become made? You want to know something else about the mafia? Come on. I'm teaching you some serious stuff about the mafia today. They used to make a covenant by blood. Did you know that? They would cut themselves and they would sprinkle blood. And my blood would go together with his blood. And now this is what the mafia means. Because our bloods are together. This is what we would do. Ready? He would cut his finger. This is real deal stuff. I would cut my finger and we would rub our blood together. So my blood is in him now. His blood is in me now. Watch this. So his family is not first. Because he's made a pact in blood. And we share blood. If you know anything about the mafia, first thing that comes first is the mafia family. Then comes your family and your children and everything else. But nothing comes before the mob. Because I put my blood in you, and you put your blood in me. I don't know about you, but that sounds kind of gospel to me. That Jesus Christ poured his blood not over me, but even through me and in me. And I'm covered in the blood of God, in the blood of Christ. I'm a made man. I belong to Jesus. He's transferred his blood into mine. When I was once dying, he now says, he's a friend of ours. His blood is in me, and my blood is in him. He's a connected, made man. Be careful what you say about him. Let's fight this war, Johnny. Two scriptures, and I'm done. Can you stand up with me? James chapter 2, verse 23. And the scripture was fulfilled. Abraham believed. And it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend. A friend of God. Sweating like an animal. And I end with Matthew. And now I really end. I promise. I'm done. Matthew says this. This is war. Everyone say this is war. And there is no neutral ground. War. You can't be in war and say, oh, the enemy's winning, I'll fight for them today. God's winning today, I'll fight for them today. No, 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 no. You stay firm and loyal. And look at these things. He says, if you're not on my side, you're the enemy. If you're not helping, you're making things worse. So today, church, I say this to you. Whose side are you on? Whose side are you on? I hope it's the one who calls you friend. You are a friend of his. How many of you can say amen? Amen. Let's sing this song one time. He's under our feet. He's under our feet. Put him under our feet. Come on. He's under my feet. Sing it one time He's before we go. We're going to leave right now.